Before we get started, allow me to give you the background of the Benjamin tribe. The tribe was the smallest of the twelve tribes of Israel. The tribe was named after Benjamin the youngest son of Jacob and Rachel. Rachel died giving birth to Saul. Benjamin is located north of Judah and the south of the kingdom of Israel. Now let's get started. We begin in 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1 through 27. Verse 1 There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish the son of Abel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. Saul's father's name is Kish, and he is a Benjaminite. Side note, Eli and Kish did not discipline their children. Check out the podcast, entitled, Eli and His Belial Sons. Verse 2 And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward he was taller than any of the people. Saul was tall, dark, and handsome. He was fine. When I say fine, I mean fine. He was a foot taller than others. Choice meant Saul was primed for manhood. Did I mention that he was good-looking? Verse 3 Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you, and arise, go and look for the donkeys. Donkeys were all-purpose animals. They were used for farming, transportation, and hauling. They were the pickup truck of the Old Testament. Those who owned many donkeys were considered wealthy. Kish had many donkeys. Verse 4 So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim, and through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalem, and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. Verse 5 When they had come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. The three lost donkeys were worth a lot. To lose a donkey was considered disastrous. I bet God let those three donkeys lose. You'll see why later. Verse 6 And he said to him, Look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man, all that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there, perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Verse 7 Then Saul said to his servant, But look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? 4. The bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? It was customary to bring a gift to the home of the person they visit as a gesture of respect. In podcast entitled, Eli and His Belial Sons, we discussed the term men of God. Verse 8 And the servant answered Saul again and said, Look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God, to tell us our way. Silver was currency. A quarter is one-tenth of an ounce equivalent to three grams. The amount is usually given to the prophet for an inquiry. Verse 9, Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer, for he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Seers was another term for men of God and prophets. Verse 10 Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. 
Verse 11 As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water, and said to them, Is the seer here? A seer sees what is hidden from the eye of ordinary people. The people used the well that was close in proximity, which was located at the bottom of the high place. Only the women went to draw water. Visitors congregated on the outskirts of towns near the wells to conversate. It seems reminiscent of corporate America. Instead of gossiping around the water coolers they gossiped around the wells. Verse 12 And they answered them and said, Yes, there he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city, because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. Verse 13 As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward those who are invited will eat. Now therefore, go up, for about this time you will find him. The people worshipped at sites located on a hill or artificial platform. Over time the Israelites stopped worshipping God and instead worshipped their false gods. Using elevated areas as they did with God, they assumed the false gods would grant their request. Their requests weren't granted. Samuel built an altar to the Lord in Ramah. By this time, the Israelites had deconstructed the tabernacle in Shiloh, since the Ark of the Covenant had been captured. Verse 14 So they went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel, coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Verse 15 Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying. Verse 16 Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry has come to me. We go back to 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 8 And you will cry out in that day, because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord, will not hear you in that day. Though God told them in, that he would not hear their cries. Here he is saving them yet again. Verse 17 So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Verse 18 Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate, and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Saul thought he was meeting Samuel to find his father's donkeys, but Samuel and God had other plans. Verse 19 Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. Verse 20 But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? I told you God let those donkeys loose. Verse 21 And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite, of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why? Then do you speak like this to me? Saul didn't understand why Samuel was being so nice to him and acting as if he knew him. He considered himself a nobody compared to this prophet. Verse 22 Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall, and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited, 
There were about 30 persons. The hall sat on the hill and is where local dignitaries went for sacrificial feasts. Verse 23 And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. Verse 24 So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Here it is, what was kept back. It was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time it has been kept for you, since I said, I invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. The right thigh and breast were the most desirable portions and were served to the priest Samuel. See the podcast, Eli and his Belial sons. It was a distinct honor for Saul to receive the thigh and this gesture foretold of his position as king. Verse 25 When they had come down from the high place into the city, Samuel spoke with Saul on the top of the house. Samuel slept on the flat roof and it was the most desired place due to the breeze. On the roof is where the flax dried out. Flax is a plant used to make linen. Verse 26 They arose early, and it was about the dawning of the day that Samuel called to Saul on the top of the house, saying, Get up, that I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. We continue with 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1 through 16. Verse 1 Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, kissed him, and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you, commander, over his inheritance? Samuel anoints Saul by pouring olive oil on his head and kisses him. He makes sure to let Saul know it's not him but God who has anointed him. Pouring it over his head symbolized the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The flask is a small vial or jug. This is where the olive oil was kept. When a king took office he was anointed. The anointing was the religious act of making the king God's representative to the people. The ceremony was to remind the king of his great responsibility to lead his people by God's wisdom and not his own. Verse 2 When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Selzer, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you saying, What shall I do about my son? Rachel's tomb is where she was buried and is close to the border between Benjamin and Judah. Verse 3 Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabah. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a skin of wine. The terebinth tree was an oak-like tree used to landmark the road to Bethel. The reason God uses detailed instructions? We, as humans sometimes need proof of God's presence in order to be confident in God's promises and His call. Verse 4, And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. The loaves were a sacrificial offer of honor publicly being paid to that God anointed. Verse 5, After that you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen, when you have come there to the city, that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Samuel was the first prophet to have a group of men who were taught as prophets. They used musical instruments to accompany their praise to God, 
Verse 6, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. The Holy Spirit enveloped them. They all began to prophesize. God gave Saul a new heart and empowered him with the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as occasion demands, for God is with you. Verse 8, You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait, till I come to you and show you what you should do. Verse 9, So it was, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. God gave Saul the Holy Spirit, transformed him, and gave him a new heart to lead Israel in the direction he intended. Verse 10 When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Verse 11 And it happened, when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? Everyone could see the difference in Saul and was amazed that he was now prophesizing. Verse 12 Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? Saul couldn't have received the gift of prophecy from his father and it wasn't in his lineage, the gift had to have come from God. Verse 13 And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Verse 14 Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, Where did you go? So, he said, To look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. Verse 15 And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, please, what Samuel said to you. Verse 16 So Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom. He did not tell him what Samuel had said. My thoughts, Saul could have turned around on the journey and never met Samuel. He could have not followed Samuel's instructions. Every step he took unknowingly brought him closer to his destiny. We often get nudges from God, but do we follow them? With busy schedules, we hardly have time to do the things we are required to do, much less take time out to listen to what God is saying. But, I wonder what would happen, if you would take a moment to follow God's leading? God has a plan for all of us, and it is much better than what we have planned for ourselves.